This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. What are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we take the second half of the show to take your live comments and questions. And the way you submit these live comments and questions, of course, is by using the tip link that's down in the description below. You just click on that, or you could enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question right on the show, like on the John Campia Show or one of these companion videos. If they're appropriate to use on the show, we don't guarantee we'll use your question just so that's clear. But not only are you getting your comment or question on the show if it's appropriate, but also you're supporting our channel at the same time. And all of us involved here at the John Campus Show, thank you guys so much for that support. However, we normally don't have enough time to get through all the questions that get sent in. So I want to make sure you guys don't have to wait too awful long to get those questions answered. So we gather up the unused questions and we address them here on companion videos. So without any further ado, Let's get into it right now. And we're going to start getting caught up with a question from Daryl Best Wadley, who writes, I'm a huge Aretha Franklin fan. Her biopic, Respect, releases this weekend, starring Academy Award-winning Jennifer Hudson. I noticed not many of the major movie news channels are talking about it. Are you going to check it out? Yes, I, I have been actually very excited to see this. I think Jennifer Hudson is great. She's also a dynamite singer. It's Aretha Franklin, and I'm a sucker for biopics. Uh, even if they are about musicians, sometimes I, I honestly, I prefer biopics about non music people, but Aretha Franklin, you know, that one will get my attention at any rate. Yeah. Somebody was asking, why isn't people talking about it? It's because there was nothing to talk about. There was literally no news about it. There was no, you know, uh, nothing to talk about per se. There weren't earlier reviews being allowed to come out. So there really wasn't anything to talk about. Now, unfortunately, you know, as a result of them, kind of not doing a great job marketing this film, plus the global pandemic. It, it made under $9 million in its opening weekend. Now, this weekend was totally packed for me, but I plan on seeing respect in the next couple of days because I have been personally very excited to see it. All right, next up, Frankie Gouge writes, um, I like Captain Carter a lot because she reminds me more of Hellboy than Captain America. Weird, I know. Huh. That's an interesting comparison. And yeah, listen, there are a number of people who really did like the Captain Car uh, Carter episode of uh, What If. Didn't work for me. I didn't hate it, but it just didn't work for me. Seemed rather blah. It's like, oh, you just kind of swapped one person out for another. Not all that interesting, really, to me. But whatever. A lot of people did like it, and I'm glad you liked it, Frankie. All right, next up. Uh, Reptarks Reptar King writes... Uh, Hey, John, if you have a few minutes to spare one day, you should check out Bo Burnham's From God's Perspective video. It's on his YouTube, and with your background, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Either that one or Sad, both are great. Yeah, I'm not really a Bo Burnham guy. Um, I've had a lot of people recently recommending different things by him. I haven't really checked out his stuff, so I'm not going to lie to you and say, yeah, I'll definitely go and check that out right away. I may or I may not. But thank you, man, for putting that on my radar and for everybody else's radar who's watching this as well. All right, next up, we got Jamel who writes, okay, John, I know you gave up on Titans. Yes, I did. I almost did as well during the first two seasons. However, I persevered because I saw potential. Well, HBO Max dropped the first three episodes and oh my God, absolute loss of words. You have to give it one more shot. I absolutely do not have to give it another shot. I'm sorry. I don't owe it to a TV show to dredge through 10 hours or 15 hours of stuff, hoping that I get to some good stuff at some point. Look, I give a show a shot, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. For me, Titans had its shot. 
I watched the whole first season and everybody said, I got a whole bunch of people telling me it's so great. It's so great. It's so great. Okay. So I watched the first full season and it's, in my opinion, it's not very good. So I didn't bother with season two and I have no desire to watch season three. So no, I, we as audience members do not owe it to a show to give it a chance. And I gave it a chance, but if you have to slog through a whole bunch of crap to maybe get to some good stuff, that doesn't say good things about your show. Just like it wouldn't say good things about your meal. Like if you had to get through the first three courses of total shite tasting food just to get to a dish that maybe tastes pretty good, that's not good. Now, again, that's just my take on it. I, I know it, I know some people that really like Titans right from season one all the way through to where we are now, but I gave it a shot and I have no desire to give it. I already wasted enough hours of my life on that show. I'm not going to waste any more. But anyway, I'm sure you're not the only one who feels this way, Jimmel. I've heard from some people they like. Then again, like I said, I know people who like the whole series and that's awesome. That's great if you're enjoying it and it's delivering you that entertainment. That's fantastic. But it's not for me. I gave it a shot and it fell on its face. So I'm not going to waste any more time of my personal time on it because it doesn't work for me. But I'm glad it works for you. All right, next up. An anonymous viewer writes, Hey, John, I'd never heard of Joe Coy before. So uh, I chucked on Netflix and that trucking the shirt under the chin joke or tucking the shirt under the chin joke. I feel sick right now from laughing so hard. Thank you so much for the recommendation. And yes, I tuck. Listen, I'm telling you what too. He's bringing that up because this past weekend, Ann and I went to go see our favorite comedian, Joe Coy, and got this autographed pop, uh, which was great. He is our favorite comedian. If you haven't, see, that one's not from the one he does in Hawaii. Watch his Netflix special from Hawaii. It's absolutely killer and hilarious. If you guys have not watched a Joe Coy special on Netflix, go treat yourself. The guy's absolutely phenomenal. All right, uh, next up, a Frim writes, John, I know viewing time is precious and limited, but may I make a suggestion? Reservation dogs on Hulu effects uh, just started this week. Imagine letter Kenny, but in okay with a native American cast show already had me laughing in the fields. Check it out. Yeah. I heard of reservation dogs and I just assumed it was some kind of spoof on reservoir dogs. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I'll be honest, other than seeing an ad or two here and there, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. So I'm glad you're giving it a shot and you're, you're popping it on my radar. I'll tell you what, I'm going to treat this like the Harley Quinn thing. If I hear from enough people that I should check it out, I think I will, because at least the way you're describing it sounds at least mildly entertaining. So I just, I might, I'm going to see if more people, people recommend it. Thanks for putting that on the radar, friend. All right, next up, Daniel Skinner writes, uh, holy F. Yes, Mr. Campion, Netflix has officially confirmed their casting for their TV adaptation of Avatar of the Last Airbender. And I am so effing pumped about this recent news. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, we talked about this on the show the other day. I mean, I honestly don't see anything to get all that excited about. Nobody really knows these kids who they've cast. And so whatever. I personally am of the understanding that casting people who look like the role is completely irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. It doesn't make your movie or show any better. I mean, look at Wolverine with Hugh Jackman, right? He looked nothing, like zero like Wolverine. Not the right height, not the right anything. He looked nothing like Wolverine. But now none of us can imagine Wolverine on the live action screen without Hugh Jackman, right? It's completely irrelevant. Doesn't matter one bit. But in the absence of knowing any of these kids' other work, because I don't know any of their other work, and all we're left with was, do they kind of look like um, the uh, their counterparts? Then, then that's there. Because look, I, especially the kid who's going to be playing Soka and the kid who's going to be playing um, Prince Zoku and the kid who's going to be playing Aang. I mean, the, the girl who's going to be playing Katara, I mean, whatever. She may look like her once they do her up. She might not. But the... but. Ang, yes, but especially the Soka guy and the guy playing um, Zoku, uh, Zuko, I mean, uh, they do look like the animated versions. I'll give them that. I will give them that. I mean, at the end of the day, that's not really all that important, but since that's all we've got to go on, pretty cool. I am looking forward to this show, by the way. Netflix, I know there's a lot of people out there crying, it's not the original creators doing it. Well, guess what? Netflix, other than HBO, has the best track record of making 
excellent series. Their movies suck, but their series are usually great. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Maybe it'll be great, maybe it won't, but I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with this. All right, next up. Jay Bling writes, regarding a MonsterVerse slash Pacific Rim crossover, I feel like if you could give consistency between the two franchises, you should. And regarding the Titans' absence from the Pacific Rim movies, I asked that question facetiously. It's an easy answer for me. Uh, the remaining members of the League of Titans are lying dormant in Hollow Earth. That's kind of the assumption with all of them. Uh, as the world leaders decide to close off the Hollow Earth and all Titans from the rest of the world following their victory over... Oh, God, uh, this is the name of the creature from the uh, God of War game. Uh, Yormungandr, I am always pronounce pronounce it, a.k.a. the World Serpent. Um, yeah, I mean, we talked about this the other day, about, you know, Rob's, Robert Meyer Burnett has this idea to cross over the, the Godzilla King Kong MonsterVerse with Pacific Rim. There's a lot of possibilities there. Now, of course, it means it wouldn't really follow consistently. There wouldn't be, you know, continuity. If you did that, but you know, in the words of the Fox producers, when they were doing the X-Men movies, continuity, schmontinuity, it's not really all that important. You either build your cinematic universe around solid canon and continuity, or you don't either can work. And movies like X-Men days of future past and first class and uh, Logan, they all prove that just by not sticking to any real canon, you can still make excellent, excellent. Some of the best comic book movies ever made. You can. And so they can do that with Pacific Rim and the MonsterVerse. Mm. But I agree, Jay Blank. I mean, if they if their writers can find a way to make it consistent, by all means, do that. I mean, if, if it's all, um, you know, uh, all other things being equal, if you can do it where they're not solid canon or consistency, or you can do it with consistency with the other movies, you choose the one where there's consistency. Just do the one that's going to make the better movie, whether it's consistent or not. That's kind of my take on it. All right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, Jay Bling. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, Jemmy Jam writes, Hey, John and crew, I just watched Suicide Squad and I loved it. I love Suicide Squad. I don't care what anybody says. My favorite character is Sebastian the Rat. And the irony is I despise rats. I need a Sebastian hot toy immediately. Have a great day, everyone. Listen, that character is amazing. It's like, I'm not shaking its hand when he's like trying to shake his hand and he brings him a leaf. But listen, one of the most adorable moments in all Suicide Squad is right near the end as Sebastian curls up on uh, on uh, Bloodsport's leg and blood sport goes to pet him it's adorable come on that's adorable i love that all right thanks for sharing that jimmy next up an antagonistic anonymous writes john you sexy son of a gun hope you are doing well i am doing well thank you so much my question for you is that we both share immense love for tom ellis the guy who plays lucifer in the tv show lucifer he's great i too think he is one of the most charismatic actors working today i know you are not too keen on the idea of fan casting um but just for fantasy's sake uh but knowing your marvel comics knowledge what character would you would tom portray the best just for laughter's sake i would say he would nail mephisto i know it won't happen but still john most importantly have a fantastic day well yeah listen and antagonistic anonymous i do not do x actor and x role fantasy castings i i don't like doing that so put that aside here's the interesting thing about tom ellis i honestly don't know how good of an actor he is but John, you constantly say you love him. He's one of your favorite characters on TV. Yes, but the reality is I've only ever seen Tom Ellis play one character. So I honestly have no idea how good of an actor he is or is not. It's like, what was the actor's name? John Heater? John Heater? I think that was his name. The guy who played Napoleon Dynamite, right? Like everybody saw him in Napoleon Dynamite and a lot of people thought this guy's going to be the next big thing. Turns out he wasn't so good at anything else, right? And I, and I don't say that meaning any disrespect whatsoever. I'm just saying, you know, people saw him in one role and that's all they saw him in. And they thought, he's amazing. He's going to be the next big thing. But, you know, he couldn't do much else. It's possible Tom Ellis is just really great at being that guy, at being Lucifer Morningstar. But does he have any range? Can he actually play other characters? Can he make us believe he is somebody else? And I, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying we don't know the answer to that yet. So I love him as Lucifer. Absolutely love him. But I don't know how good of an actor he is. And I won't know until I do see him start 
playing in other things. Now, I'm sure he's in some other things that I just haven't seen yet, but just can't say until I see him in other things. So hopefully he'll be great, though, because I do love him in that show, dude. I love him in that show. All right. Next up, Mike Schwenk writes. Not to defend a multi-billion dollar company, but the creators of these comic characters are also more popular than ever at Comic-Con selling art and autos. Uh, just another thought to say they are still making something off these movies. Well, he, that's that's not really true, Mike. That's not really true. What they're making is a, a pittance. And it's not like there's a new one of these cons every single day. They probably do five or six a year, and maybe they make a couple thousand bucks when they do it, but that's not an annual salary. That's not enough to keep the lights on. So do they derive some auxiliary benefit? Sure. I mean, I I would love to go to these conventions and make $5,000 a weekend from signing my autograph. I would love that, but that's that's not real money. That's not money that's going to sustain you for the year. You know, what I mean, that's that's not money you can put away for retirement money. So some auxiliary benefits. Sure. But I, I wouldn't say that makes up for, you know, a movie making a billion dollars based on an IP that you drew and wrote and either created or developed after the creator. And now you get nothing. And again, they're not really owed anything. I'm not saying they are owed legally. They're not. They're not owed a thing. But is there a moral responsibility on on the parts of, like, say, DC and Marvel to say, you know what? Nobody would even know who these characters are that we're bringing to the big screen if it wasn't for the seven years of work you did developing this character. And should they get a little bit more? But but then you get into the questions. Well, why doesn't the guy who was handling all the lighting on set get more? The movie wouldn't have looked as good if it wasn't for the work that this guy put in for six months making this thing. Like, again, I'm. I'm just playing devil's advocate a bit here. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I just know it's more complicated than most people make it out to be. But it's a, it's a big issue, Mike. It's a big issue. I'm glad you brought it up. All right, next up, Matt Torres writes, Hey, John, with Disney apparently going scorched earth with Scarlett Johansson, they are absolutely going scorched earth on <laughs> John Scarlett Johansson. Um, where am I here? With Scarlett Johansson, do you think that the core group of the MCU that was so close with each other may stand with her and make things very difficult for the MCU going forward? No, and they absolutely shouldn't. It's none of their business. It's none of their business. I've had people write in and saying, you know, Chris Evans should sit. No, he shouldn't. This is none of his business. And that's what this is. This is business. This is business. And it has nothing to do with them. So, should Chris Evans or should uh, Chris Hemsworth or should Robert Downey Jr. or should Mark Ruffalo or should any of these other guys be coming out and saying, we stand with Disney or we stand with ScarJo? No, they shouldn't. It's none of their effing business. This isn't, this doesn't concern them. It has nothing to do with them. Unless they feel they're getting screwed in their contracts too, This has, they have no place to have a voice in this. It's it's beyond inappropriate. Now, if they if none of them were in business dealings with Disney right now and whatever, then maybe there wouldn't be a conflict of interest. But the fact of the matter is, I honestly believe it is none of their business to be involved in this and none of their business to say anything. This has nothing to do with them. You know, it has nothing to do any more than, I don't know, um, what's uh, a Robin Thicke coming out saying, you know what? I stand with ScarJo. Who the F cares what you're saying? You're not connected to this. This isn't your deal. None of these other guys were in this movie. None of these other guys had the same contract. This has nothing to do with them. They should stay out of it. I I honestly believe that. They should 100% stay out of it. Now, other people may disagree, but in the world of business and and when you have various uh, alignments, you got to stay in your lane. And I'm sure, actually, it's probably in Scarlett Johansson's benefit that they stay out of it. And they really should. It has nothing to do with them. And that's just my take on it at any rate. All right, Canadian Singing Postie writes, Hey, John and Co., I tweeted you that your good old, that your good old Cineplex, I saw this, has a subscription club, finally. When you do the math, you save a little bit, which is good. Nowhere near AMC. Wish they had a tier system instead of just one price. What do you think? Yeah, we talked about this on the show the other day. So Cineplex... 
uh, theaters, the main Canadian movie theater chain, basically the Canadian movie theater chain, they have now introduced their own monthly club. It's nowhere near as good as Regal Unlimited or AMC A-List or Cineworld's deal, but you pay $9.99 a month, so 10 bucks. You get one free movie ticket, which is already already saves you some money, but you get one free movie ticket and then you get discounts on, I, I can't remember the exact details, but my understanding is you then get discounts on other tickets you buy that year and also discounts on your concessions. Now, that is nothing compared to AMCA list, but it's still better than nothing. I mean, I, I was saying this on the show the other day, but if you go to like three movies a month, you're going to probably end up saving 20, 30 bucks a month. And anything that saves moviegoers money, I'm all for. So I always say to my Canadian brethren, instead of complaining that it's not as good as AMCA list, and it's not, it's still better than what they had. And it's at least a step in the right direction. So that's kind of my take on it, man. Thanks for writing that in, Canadian singing posty. This guy's got a tremendous voice, by the way. Absolutely magic. Anyway, BK Dan writes, John, going to say the unpopular thing about AMC doing the raise prices for the purposes to raise stock is just going to drive people to pirate movies instead of paying for increased money for lower quality of the experience. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. For those of you who missed the story, AMC theaters announced that they are going to be raising ticket prices and raising concession prices. In an era right now where these theaters need to be doing everything they can to entice people to come back to the movie theaters, they are instead putting up obstacles to getting people to come back to the movie theaters. And they, they're get, they get caught in this deadly cycle. They charge more so less people come to the movies. Less people come to the movies so to make up for that lost revenue, they charge the people who are coming more money. That, in turn, causes fewer people to come to the movies, which causes the theaters to increase their ticket prices again. I mean, it's a deadly, deadly cycle. And I understand these theaters need to make money. I get it. But right now, if you don't recognize that you, if you're the theater industry, you are at a pivotal moment right now where you can do a lot of good right now, but you have to be in a zone, in a mode right now where you are your whole mission right now, even if you got to burn money to do it, your whole mission right now is to get people to come back to the movie theater. And the best way to do that is not by raising prices and on your tickets and on your concessions. It's a totally idiotic thing, man. All right, next up. Uh, Buck Odie writes, Hey, John, regarding AMC raising prices slash cutting showtimes, maybe this is their attempt to court upscale customers, be the Mercedes of movie theater, so to speak, and let the budget conscious person take their business to other franchises. I mean, that's great if you are giving the premium experience. But if I'm not getting any more of a premium experience at your theater than I am at the Regal up the street, then there's nothing else to it now amc has some premium experience theaters but they already charge you a premium for that like i understand that by always wanting to go into the amc prime dolby cinema i know that well i've got amc a list so it doesn't matter but before i had a list i know that i'm paying extra money i am paying more for that ticket because it is the more premium experience i got the dual laser projector i got the atmos sound i got the motorized leather recliners i'm getting a premium experience what I find, I find consumers don't mind paying a premium price for a premium experience. That's fine, but they're already doing that. And the majority of AMC theaters don't have those premium things in them. The majority of the screens that AMC has are just average screens, just like any, just like any Cinemark, just like any Regal. So unless you're de delivering a fundamentally different and premium experience, Trying to appeal to the premium crowd is just going to backfire in your face. I, I, at least that's my take on it. An interesting take on that, Buck. All right, next up, BK Dan writes, John, just hoping that for the Marvels, they don't turn into a Charlie's Angels feel. What does it have to do? What does this have to do with Charlie's Angels? Uh, three women and one guy. So what? Starsky and Hutch is about two dude cops. Um... Dete well, true detective was about true two cops two guy cops are you comparing Startsky and hutch to true detective one has nothing to do with the other well the one has three women and the other has three women that's, that's 
there's nothing similar to them. Anyway, the original show was good for its time and the reboot movie was okay. In my opinion, just saying, uh, wouldn't be a good idea or thing. I, I, I don't see at all why you're even bringing it up. PK Dan, the Marvels has nothing to do with Charlie's angels. Again, that's like comparing Starsky and Hutch with Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson to true detective with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Well, it's about two dude cops. Oh, they're probably going to be the same. No, they're not. <laughs> it's completely different things. No, I wouldn't worry about it, BK. I wouldn't worry about it. All right, next up. Bad Canadian Misfit writes, Hey, John, and whoever might be there. Well, it's just us right now since it's a companion video. I saw the news the other day uh, about AMC looking to accept Bitcoins as a way to purchase tickets. With all the other nonsense AMC is in the news for, do you think this has the potential to fail? Well, no, it, it won't fail I mean, look, all it is, is just saying we have a different way you can buy, you can buy the ticket. And if nobody buys their tickets that way, oh, well, no skin off their nose. If a bunch of people buy tickets, look, at the end of the day, I, I don't know that a lot of people are going to use this. And I'm not even sure why AMC is doing it. Because people who buy Bitcoin don't want to give away their Bitcoin for like a movie theater ticket. They want to hold on to their Bitcoin. And if you're AMC, if you're interested in Bitcoin, why not take the $10 you make off a ticket sale and just go buy $10 of Bitcoin then? I'm not really sure. But at the end of the day, this isn't a big deal. It's just another way for them to accept money in exchange for a ticket. Uh, so I, I don't see it failing. I don't see it succeeding. It's just another way to do it, to make it a little bit more convenient for some people. I, honestly, at the end of the day, I think it's a non-issue. I really do. I don't even think it's newsworthy. I don't. It's like, okay, they're, they're going to start accepting something as a form of payment. Great. Does it still have just pure monetary value? Yep. Okay. Then what's, I, I don't understand why anybody cares, but uh, even if nobody uses it, I wouldn't call it a failure because there's no skin off their nose. You know what I mean? That's just my take on it. All right. Next up. Stubble McShave writes, I'd like to see James Gunn do a Lobo movie. Eh, I always these. Oh, this director should do this movie. Uh, I think his sensibilities would work great with that character. Would you like to see him take a crack at the alien mercenary? If so, which would be the antagonist to him? Maybe Suicide Squad versus Lobo. Again, I don't go into these X director directing X movies things. Look, a Lobo movie. James Gunn could be the worst guy in the world to do a Lobo movie. And even if he is, I mean, all I care about is do you get a good director directing any movie? And so if you're doing a Lobo movie and they got James Gunn, great. James Gunn's a good director. But there's like 40 or 50 other directors they could get as well that could maybe do just as good, if not better, of a job than James Gunn. So, yeah, I don't I don't really care. If he does, great. If not, I don't think there's any particular impetus that says he should be doing it. I think just because he did a movie that was similar, that's not usually a great reason for me. So, yeah, if they announced it, cool, because James Gunn's a good director. But if they announced it with any other good director, I'll be just as excited. I'd be just as excited. Not to mention, I mean, I'd like to see James Gunn move away from comic book movies. Like, hey, if you want to do more Suicide Squad and things to do with that because you're already in that world. If you want to do more Guardians of the Galaxy because you're in that world, that's fine. But I don't want James Gunn to just become a comic book movie director. Become, be more, he was more than that before he did it. I'd like for him to get back to his roots a little bit. So yeah, do more Suicide Squad and adjacent stuff. Do more Guardians of the Galaxy, but I don't think we should just sit here and say, now James Gunn should do this comic book movie and this comic book movie and this comic book movie. I mean, we already know he's going to do more DC projects. So we'll, maybe one of them will be Lobo. Maybe one of them won't. All right, next up. Uh, Alfred Give Birth. To, Alfred Give Birth to Robin. It's an interesting name, writes. The other day in chat, we were discussing which is more disturbing, you in a skimpy Harley Quinn outfit or Rob in a cheerleader outfit with pom-poms. L-M-A-O. Hope you guys had a good laugh from reading that. I did. I didn't see that one in the live chat. Yeah, so for those of you guys who don't know, um, let me see if I can find it here. I'm not sure I'll be able to. Hold on a second. Uh, Science Squad review John Campia Harley Quinn. I'm going to see if I can find it. For those of you who've maybe never seen it, um, yeah, and good news to all of you who have never seen it because, yeah, um, where are we at here? There it is. Let me, let me bring this up here. So when I did my review 
of the original Suicide Squad movie, um, I decided to cosplay it up a bit. Uh, I decided to cosplay it up, and I <laughs> got dressed up as I ro- I cosplayed as Harley Quinn. So sue me. I don't care. I had fun. I had fun to it. And that's all anybody talked about for a long time. But yes, that's the thumbnail to my uh, to my original uh, review for the first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, don't don't pretend like you're not turned on. You're totally turned on. You're totally turned on. You love that image. That image to you is life. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit crazy. It's a little bit crazy. Uh, but yes, uh, that's, uh, that's all there is to that's me signing up or, or, uh, dressing up as Harley Quinn. That was my thing. All right. Uh, but I gotta say, I think seeing Rob or me for that matter, dressed up as a cheerleader with pom-poms would probably be the more disturbing image. That that's just my guess. That's just my guess. All right. Next up, we got a clowny power rights. Uh, John. If you ever doubt your writing skills, just remember that a professional screenwriter was paid to write somehow. Paul Palpatine has returned. I know. Listen, I you, you listen, I am a fan of the Disney Star Wars world. I don't like everything Star Wars Disney has done, but in general, I am a fan of of Disney Star Wars. I love The Force Awakens. I love Rogue One. Um, I really like Rebels. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I like, but you know, I'm not a fan of everything they've done. I hated The Rise of Skywalker hated it and the whole I, I still don't understand the absurdity i mean there's a dozen things that are mind-boggling absurd about that movie but let's bring palpatine back and never once explain how on earth is he back let's bring back palpatine and never once even remotely explain how on earth he's back I don't get that. And yeah, in in the line, somehow Palpatine has returned. How? You don't need to know how, just somehow. John, you see in the uh, in the companion writings of the different books, they it, it, that's bullshit. You're watching a movie, you should explain everything in the movie. You don't have to explain everything in a movie, but you should explain like Palpatine, the main villain of the Star Wars trilogy, dead is now back. You've got to tell the audience how. You can't leave that obscure. It is completely, completely ridiculous. Anyway, uh, thanks for writing that in, man. Next up, Sean writes, one of two. Okay, John, school me here because I'm trying to understand the aspect of this. I understand Justice League is a big property, but I want to know why we can't have an HBO Max TV series of the Justice League. I understand money is a factor, but wouldn't they make back with their subscription service? Nope. (laughs) Wouldn't they make back with their subscription service that people would subscribe to? Nope. I see they have Titans on HBO Max and they're coming out with other standalone DC properties. So why couldn't this work? Oh, and who would be your cast to play the Justice League? I don't I don't do casting X actor and X role stuff. Um, no, because Justice League is too valuable of an IP. To make a show on the same kind of budget that you do Doom Patrol or Titans on. You can't do that to your big name properties. You can't do a show with the budget of Titans or Doom Patrol with Superman or Flash or Wonder Woman or Batman. You can't do it. You can't do it. You have because then you risk damaging the IP. Not that Warner Brothers hasn't already done a lot of damage to their IP, but you damage the IP. You have to treat those like the premium IPs they are. And, and, you know, sometimes you do a good job creatively, sometimes you won't, but you at least got to put the resources behind it to show that you were serious about trying to do something good. And that just doesn't make, there's just not cost benefit to doing that on HBO Max. Um, Their little experiments say with the, uh, with the HBO Max version of Justice League, prove that out. They got very few new subscriptions from that and even fewer that stayed, stayed subscribed. They lost because remember they put in over seventy million dollars to actually make the the Snyder Cut. Because you got to remember the Snyder Cut was never a real thing. 
He had his edit of the film, all that kind of stuff. But as the, the chief of Warner Brothers said, it doesn't exist right now. It was all there, but they needed to put like 70 plus million dollars into it to actually make it. And to complete it, do all the post work, actually make it a real thing that you could then present to the audience. And just that $70 million spend, they lost tons of money on that. They lost tons of money on it. A lot of people are saying Jason Klar, the the chairman of Warner, he's losing his job because of that decision. But now to think that, oh, if you do a Justice League series, all these people will subscribe to HBO Max. That's not true. That's not true. So, yeah, no, I I think they would listen. If the people at Warner Brothers thought for a second that the cost to benefit ratio was in their favor for doing a Justice League show, they would do it in a heartbeat. But it just it would be cost prohibitive and just really wouldn't work. Just really wouldn't work. Anyway, that's just kind of my take. That's that's why they haven't done it yet. Now you can bring up, well, Judd, Amazon is doing Lord of the Rings for yeah, they are, but Lord of the Rings is not Justice League. And anybody who is a serious DC fan, they're already subscribed to HBO Max for all the other stuff. So, and then are you just going to get these people that'll sign up for it and then watch Justice League and then unsubscribe like so many people did with uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League? I don't know. But it, it just, the, from their point of view, the cost to benefit ratio is just not good enough. And they have done loads of research on this. And so that's probably why, again, can you imagine trying to do a Justice League show with Flash and Wonder Woman and Batman and Superman and giving it the budget of Titans, I don't think people would be happy. I don't think people would be happy. Anyway, a good question to bring up, Sean. Next up, uh, Loki Doki writes, have you heard this weird shit about people being mad that Shang-Chi is rated PG-13 and not rated R like it ever had a chance to be? Am I hearing this right? LOL, because what the fuck? Um, I haven't heard that. But listen, there is somebody mad at everything out in the world. I, I This is clearly not a big deal. There's not a lot of people. Like, nobody in their right mind ever thought Shang-Chi was going to be rated R. Like, nobody ever thought that was actually going to happen. Nor should it. There's no reason for Shang-Chi to be rated R. Um, but that doesn't mean there aren't, I'm sure, a couple people out there. But I'm sure there are a couple people out there that are mad that Mary Poppins wasn't rated R. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste any of your precious time, Loki. Like time is precious, dude. I wouldn't waste any of your time worrying about a handful of people that are squawking about something. There's there's a handful of people squawking about everything. So I wouldn't worry about it. All right. Next up anonymous writes, Hey, John and Rob, Rob is not here right now. Obviously have any of you seen the Coens, the lady killers, dude, I love the lady killers. I know that's probably the least popular of the Coen Brothers movies, and a lot of people don't like it. I love Waffles, my good woman, Waffles, forthwith. I love Lady Killers. I don't care. J.K. Simmons, Tom Hanks. Are you kidding me? Anyway, the Lady Killers remake, I found it quite hilarious that Tom Hanks, Marlon Wayans, and mostly J.K. Simmons being great in it, in it yeah, with his uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, and I know it's not the best Coens have ever done, but it's fun, and I quite love that movie. Dude, I, I always bring up, whenever the Coen brothers come up, I always mention, you know a movie of theirs I really love that nobody else does? Lady Killers. I don't care what anybody else says. Anonymous, I love Lady Killers. So there, you and me are on the same boat there, dude. All right, Anonymous also writes, did you ever get a chance to watch Nothing But The Truth? I have not. Uh, I can't recommend this movie enough. No, I, I never did get around to watching that. I don't know that I will, but I will keep my eye open for it, though. I will keep my eye open for it. All right, next up, Jack Lumbers writes, all right, buckle in here. This is one of six. I got to defend the silverback here. Before the run-up in January, the CEO said himself he has been the CEO of like three companies before. I have, I don't even know what we're talking about. He has been the he has been the CEO of like three companies before, and he'll be damn if he will let AMC. Oh, you're talking about Adam Aaron, okay? Uh, the CEO of AMC Theaters, and he'll be damn if he will let AMC be the first company that 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 goes bankrupt. That uh, mental with the finances, AMC. Ooh, this is you guys check your grammar that mental with the finances amc was in breeds dumb decisions listen they made dumb decisions but they figure out how to revitalize the company and the movie theater industry so be it yeah but they haven't figured out how to do it listen it's important to understand this the only reason amc survived 
is because they've got a horseshoe up their ass and they got totally lucky that a bunch of stock investors on Reddit said, hey, you want to do something for fun? Let's all go invest in AMC theaters when it was worth nothing. And they artificially inflated the price and buoyed up the price and AMC was able to wipe out their debt in a day. But it had nothing to do, them surviving had absolutely nothing to do with the leadership of Adam Aaron or anybody on that board. Nothing they did kept the lights on. The only reason they're not out of business right now is because they got ass lucky. You know what it's like? It's like if the Titanic, you know, the captain steered the ship into an iceberg. It's like, oh, I don't know. I forgot to put lifeboats on the boat. Oh, we're sinking. We're sinking. And then out of nowhere, Superman flies in, picks up the boat out of the water and sails it to dry land. You go, wow, the captain really made sure everybody survived. Had nothing to do with the captain. The captain made every wrong decision and they got lucky that Superman came along and saved them. That's kind of the situation here. AMC Theaters is only alive today because they got lucky. Had nothing to do with their leadership and what they do. They give Adam Aaron a $9 million bonus for the fact that they got lucky. Anyway, just they did nothing to keep the, themselves or the movie theater industry alive. If it wasn't for that group of investors that decided, ah, just for fun, let's get everybody to go over and buy AMC stock. And I'm not going to lie. I made money on that. I'm not going to be facetious. Ann and I had a bunch of stock at AMC and when that stock rose, yeah, we sold off and we made some money. So I'm not going to be disingenuous about it. Sure, but that is what saved them. Nothing that they did. Not one decision that they made is what kept their lights on. Anyway, let's go back over here. But if they figure out how to revitalize the company in the movie theater industry, so be it. They've shown me nothing that is remotely suggested to me that they know squat about saving themselves or the movie theater industry. Anyway, um, I cannot defend it all the bonus. That's wrong. Yeah, the fucking idiot gave himself a $9 million bonus when 30,000 AMC employees were laid off. When thir- I Listen, let's not just gloss over this. When 30,000 AMC theater employees were laid off and lost their income and couldn't pay their bills. And I'm not blaming AMC for laying them off. That's business, man. I mean, they didn't, they weren't generating any revenue. They had no money to pay them. I'm not faulting them for that. But in an environment where you're laying off all these people and then you get horseshoe up your ass saved by this meme stock thing and they go yeah you know let's give the ceo a nine million dollar bonus you are on the verge of bankruptcy you are on death's door you've got thirty thousand unemployed amc staffers and your best use of the money is to give a nine million dollar bonus to the CEO, listen, and I'm not saying this as a, uh, screw the man. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that was bad business. You know how many people who work at AMC theaters that wrote to me saying, I don't fucking trust the moment I can work somewhere else. I'm working somewhere else. I will never have one ounce of loyalty to this company ever. You know how many people that work at AMC wrote that to me when this all happened? It was just bad business. Anyway, let's just keep on with your thing here. Um, they should not have given the bonus. Yeah, no kidding. Um, there's no way around that. However, I totally disagree with analysis that the price increase being a stock play. Well, no, it totally is like deadline variety. They all affirm that with the economic thing. This is a play to bolster the stock price. That's what it is. Um, it's not an opinion. That's it's explicit. That's what their purpose is. Anyway, um, one, AMC, the company, only have 42,000 shares left. So even if AMC company does cause a price increase, the company cannot meaningfully capitalize on the price increase. <laughs> but board members and the CEO and people there can. And you can always create more stock. There are mechanisms within corporate law that allow you to do that. Don't forget that. Anyway, uh, the CEO legally promised, which is legally binding, that he would not sell any stock. It's not legally binding. Uh, it's not a high spike in the price of tickets and concessions. It's a 5% increase in tickets. It doesn't matter if it's 1%. 
In an era when you need to be enticing people to come back, the headline is AMC raises prices on their concessions, on their tickets. It's not a matter of, oh, yeah, but it's not that much. The theater industry is on life support. You desperately, more than anything, you have to get people back into the habit of coming to theaters. And your brain, your brain trust over there at AMC, your best idea is let's raise ticket prices when nobody's coming to the theaters right now. Yeah, that'll get them back into the theaters. Morons. Morons. Anyway, uh, ticket says 5% increase in ticket sales uh, and concessions. In the earnings call on Monday, the CEO states that they have decreased the cash monthly burn rate from 170 million from 107 million to 75 million. That's great. However, that's still a monthly burn rate of 75 um a monthly burn rate of $75. I'm not quite sure what you mean by that. Uh AMC has a huge cash cash reserve because of the rump in June. Yet yeah, through no credit to their own, they got lucky. Uh, but it's still a high burn rate. And if that small 50 cent increase helped the company that I love, I'm fine with it. But that's the point. That is such a small world view. It's the same worldview of this destructive cyclical thing that they've had going on. We raise the prices so less people come to the theaters. Less people are coming to the theaters, so we need to raise the prices to compensate for the lack of people coming. But by raising the prices, fewer people come to the theaters. Fewer people come to the theaters, so we raise prices. It's this deadly cycle. They're spiraling out of control. And they don't care. I've seen nothing that convinces me that they care. They have so fucked this up, it's unbelievable. The CEO of AMC should be gone. The board of AMC should be gone. And I get worked up about it because I really like that company. They are my favorite movie theater chain. I that my my absolute one hundred times out of hundred times. When I have a choice to where I go to see a movie, I go to AMC theaters. But I've I've also sat here and watched them make stupid decision after stupid decision after stupid decision after stupid decision. It, it's a bunch of morons over there. It is a bunch of morons. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I still know a number of people who work at AMC corporate office. And there's some, there are some very, very smart people. There are some very cool people there. Some people there who still communicate with me. There are, but I mean, I'm telling you the people at the top, top, top morons, absolute morons. Now I'll sit here and I'll hope this all works out for the best. I will. I will sit here and hope that this works out for the best, but I'd be lying to you if I told you I had a lot of hope for that. Because I really don't. Not with this this uh, gaggle of uh, of uh, Ravens running things. Not not in the least. Anyway, listen, dude. I appreciate honestly, and and I mean this without any facetiousness. I really do appreciate that you took out the time to take your thoughts and your opinion and your view on this issue, and you fleshed it out and you expressed your point of view on it. I disagree with it. Obviously, I obviously disagree, but. We're supposed to disagree on these things. And I love the fact that you took the time to write that out and send in a different point of view. Now, of course, you're writing it into me, so I'm going to tell you why I disagree with you. But I'm sure that what you're writing is probably resonating with other viewers as well. There are probably viewers watching this right now that agree with you instead of with me. And that's great. We're supposed to be having dialogue here, right? So again, I totally disagree with you, but I think it's awesome that you took the time and wrote that in. And I appreciate you giving that point of view on it. I really do. Especially because watching the show, you're only going to get the very AMC leadership as a big group of idiots. Other than the few people who I know there is a big group of idiots. So it's good that somebody like you writes that in for, to give the opposite point of view, even if I disagree. So good on you for that, man. All right. Next up, your tribal chief writes, no time to die. Dune, The French Dispatch, Halloween, Jackass, Last Night in Soho, can't wait for that, and now Venom. Bro, October is about to be crazy. I can't see all these movies staying there, but if they do, what will be the biggest, what what will be the biggest film will be? Uh, in my opinion, either Venom or Bond. Yeah, so that's a big question. First of all, will everything stay there? Because of course, Venom just moved but it's not really a move. It moved three weeks. No big deal. But again, with the big Delta variant spike in the pandemic, 
Um, 98%, by the way, 98% of all new COVID cases happening are people who are unvaccinated. Only around 2% nationwide of people who are getting COVID have been vaccinated. 98% to 2%. Folks, what are we doing? Get vaccinated. Not everybody medically can. Obviously, there are exceptions. But unless you fall under one of those exceptions, folks, 97, 98% of all these COVID cases that are happening are amongst people who are not vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Anyway. um, I mean, this could turn everything on its head. I mean, October might get wiped out. I don't know. We'll have to see. Now, Free Guy just came out this weekend. And it did better at the box office than I thought it would be. Because you guys know, I, I've been telling you guys, this movie's great, but I said, be very realistic about what the box office expectations on this film are, is, right? This isn't a big comic book movie. This is a a, a guy, a, a movie about a virtual character living inside of a, of a fictional video game. The trailers weren't fantastic. And not a lot of people were buzzing about it. I, I I told you guys, much like Suicide Squad, I said, don't have big expectations for what the box office in this movie are going to be. I honestly thought it would come in around $20 million, But I just saw that it actually made more money opening weekend than Suicide Squad did. I think it made like over $28 million. I don't have the exact number in front of me here. It made over $28 million. That's encouraging. I think that's encouraging. Uh, And unlike Suicide Squad, it wasn't a $200 million movie. I think it was around $110 million to make. So they still got a long way to go. But their North American opening weekend, to me, was better than I thought it would be. Because I thought it would be lower. So that's great. But still, with these types of numbers, it could completely upend everything. Or, you know, we are seeing more and more people getting vaccinated as well. We could suddenly see a drop in in the uh delta stuff and and maybe october will be fine don't know we'll have to wait and see but as things stand man october looks pretty freaking sweet october looks pretty damn sweet man with all those movies which one do i think will make the most of the box office honestly i think it's venom i think it's venom i think it's easy which one i think will be the best one dune will probably be the best movie there um, it's being directed by maybe arguably the best director right now in Denis Villeneuve. Obviously, French Dispatch is going to have a lot going for it. Last Night in Soho also looks ridiculously good with Edgar Wright directing that. But I think the one that's going to make the most money is probably Venom. That newest Venom trailer was money, was so good. And then, of course, Bond, if Bond actually comes out. So a lot of questions. But if theoretically these things all still come out in October, I think Venom will be the one that makes the most money. How much? I don't know. But that's the one I think will make the most money. All right, next up. Uh, Ashraf writes, Hey, John, with the recent video of Deadpool and Korg reaction to the Free Guy trailer, do you think Deadpool will show up in Doctor Strange 2? No. Uh, thanks, and uh, Bawakla Ketot Oran uh, is what I interpret as being on the filthy in Malay. I have no idea what any of that means, man. But anyway... Um, of course, the best piece of marketing that Free Guy had, and it was too little too late, but it was the best piece of marketing, was Deadpool and Korg doing a trailer reaction to the Free Guy trailer. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in movie marketing. It was too little too late. Does that suggest to us that Deadpool is going to be in Doctor Strange 2? No, I don't think so. But I'll tell you guys what, I'll tell you what, I have found out um, from a very, I, there's no question about this. You know, sometimes I'll say, hey, I got told this by a source, but I don't even know if this source is really reliable or not. So take it with a grain of salt. I found out from an inside studio person that is, and this is 100%, this is 100%. Something about Deadpool. And I can't say what it is. I can't say what it is. There is a day coming when I'm going to be able to say what it is. But that day is not here. That day is not here. But there is coming a date when she said, I will be able to tell 
people what I now know. And I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. But that's all I can say. That's all I can say uh, for now. But yeah, there you go. All right. Next up, um, we've got Black Forest who writes, Hey, John and crew. I don't know if you've heard, but Cineplex has finally launched their own, we discussed this a little bit earlier, have finally launched their own monthly subscription service to get people back into theaters. $9.99 a month gets you one ticket that doesn't expire and 20% off concessions, among other perks. Um, It must be a surprise to you that Cineplex is actually working towards getting people back to theaters as opposed to AMC's strategy. Your thoughts? Yeah, I shared my thoughts a little bit earlier. Again, I know a lot of people are complaining that Cineplex's plan and subscription service is nowhere near as good as AMC A-List. But it's still good. To me, anything that saves the moviegoer money is a good thing. And if you go to two or three movies a month and you buy some concessions, this is a plan that is going to save you money. And so to me, it's a good thing. I I give it a thumbs up, Black Forest. I really do. And it's, it's nice to see Cinemark doing something that I can actually praise because... You know, I, I'm not very pro Cinemark or Cineplex, I should say. I'm not very pro Cineplex. I haven't been for a few years. They used to be my absolute favorite. It used to be my dream. I'm not kidding. No lying here. It used to be my dream that once I was done working in the States and it's time for me to take Anne and move back to Canada. It was my dream that I could go and work for Cineplex and do kind of what I did for, because look, uh, all humility aside, I've seen Cineplex's content. I am so much better than who, whatever it is they're doing right now. Let's be honest. I am so much better than the stuff that they're doing. Anyway, that said, if I don't say so myself, but um, it was my dream that I could go back to Canada and then work with Cineplex because I grew up in Cineplex theaters. My fondest movie going memories are in Cineplex theaters. I love that chain, but they've made, they've, they've become something I almost don't recognize. So I got to tell you, Black Forest, seeing them do this, it's like, well, look at that. They're actually doing something for the moviegoer. This it's good. This, Hey, look, give credit where it's due. This is a step in the right direction. I was really happy to see it as good as AMC a list. No, but still a step in the right direction. And I respect that. And they need to be given some props for that. All right. Last question we do today. Well, we'll do two more. All right. Ryan G writes, Hey, John, since Venom, let there be carnage got delayed just by three weeks. Do you think Ghostbusters afterlife is going to get delayed by a few weeks or a year? What are your thoughts? I don't think so. I honestly think they're just going to release it as it is. Now I wouldn't put any money on that though. I'm not sitting here telling you I with great confidence behold, tell unto you that Ghostbusters afterlife isn't going anywhere. No, no, I, I can't do that. My guess is that they're not going to move. My guess but again, the situation is changing so quickly that literally one week from today, everything could look great. One week from today, everything could look like an apocalypse. I just don't know. So for now, my guess is I think it's going to stay where it is. I think it's going to stay where it is. But again, I wouldn't even put a dollar on that. I, I'm not invested in that. I'm not certain about that. I don't feel super confident about that. I'm saying my guess is that they'll stay where uh, it'll stay put where it is. All right. Last one we're going to do here today, guys. HP Geek 08 writes one of two. Hey, John, I've been watching since the AMC days. Thank you, HP Geek. I appreciate that, man. This past week, my mom has been in the ICU. Dude, I'm so sorry to hear about that. And I got sick. And your show has been a great distraction for a couple of hours to think about anything else. I just wanted to say thanks. I wanted to ask your favorite movie to rewatch. Mine is The Martian and Edge of Tomorrow, both fantastic movies. I can watch those almost any time. You know, it's funny you say that because I think in the last two months, when we've been over at Ann's mom's place, like twice the Martian has just popped up on TV and we stop what we're doing. We just watch it. Totally great. Obviously though, you know what I'm going to say. The movie I can rewatch over and over and over and will for the rest of my life is star Wars. And when I say star Wars, I mean like the original trilogy, star Wars, empire, return of the Jedi. I, I, I can, that's to me the most, I can watch it every day. I can, I did you not. I could watch those every day. No ifs, ands, or buts. I could watch those damn things every single damn day. 
and be totally happy that I did. Uh, I mean, that's how good I feel about those things. All right, guys, listen, there are still more questions to come from death by snoo snoo, uh, Alejandro and major Tom. Uh, do not worry guys on tomorrow's John campus show. We're going to pick right up in the live questions part with death by snoo snoo. So that's where we'll start up on tomorrow, but until then guys, that'll do it. For this installment of the companion video, thank you so much for being here, guys, and being part of the show today. Special thank you to all you guys who sent in these comments and questions. Number one, because you give us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you support this channel as you do it. And all of us involved here at the John Campus Show, thank you guys so much for that support. Okay, guys, don't forget to join us for the show tomorrow. We'll look forward to it. It's going to be me and Robert Meyer Burnett. We hope you guys will join us as well. Got a lot of things to talk about. The box office on Free Guy. Did you hear that? Simu Liu is kind of slapping back at Bob Chapek for some comments they made about uh, Shang-Chi. We're going to talk about that and a bunch of other things. I hope you guys are there to join us as well. All right, guys, until then, do the four main things. Stay smart, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and take care of the people around you. That'll do it for me. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.